0: On this episode of the Avershawn Podcast, Chris and I recap the weekend that was, uh, get a little bit into the weekend that is going to be, and kind of bounce around from subject to subject. So come for the entertainment, stay for the ridiculous conversations. Let's go. It is the Average Sean podcast once again, Chris, off another solid weekend of football action, sports action in general, but football specifically. How was your weekend?
1: Sports filled. <laughs> it's the most fun, wonderful time of the year. We got preseason hockey's back.
0: Yes, we've got your, your niches back.
1: Yeah, I got my fantasy drafts both for both my leagues next week. Very excited for that. Um, obviously, college is in full swing. NFL is in full swing by now. MLB is coming to a conclusion of the regular season. O's, uh, O's are out of it, but have the opportunity to play some, uh, some spoilers. So play as a spoiler role. Um, what else? I feel like there are, there's other sports I'm missing.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, if there's anything else that's really going on. I mean, WNBA playoffs are going on. Um I'm going to be honest. I've, I've been terrible when it comes to basketball playoffs in general, unless it's March Madness and just keeping up with them. I mean, NBA, they, I know what happens, but I, I don't watch it. So, or at least I just don't make the priority to watch it. So I, I guess both professional leagues, I really don't pay too much attention to it. Um, There's champions league. There's, you know, yeah. English premier league, stuff like that going on overseas. So there's plenty going on, but I mean, if we're both gonna be honest, I'm sure both of our focuses are taken up by football, because as we know in America, football is king.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned Champions League. I I know we're we're recording this a few hours after this game concluded, but I heard that Real Madrid lost today to oh, a Maldon it? to a Maldonian team.
0: Huh. I'm oh, going wow. to, I'm gonna have to look that up, or at least Chris is gonna look that up. And while he's doing that, I'm gonna fill in for they uh, did. What was the name of the team?
1: Um, let's see. They lost two to one to Sharif Sheriff. It's spelled like Sheriff two to one. I saw it on uh, the Twitter, the Twitter feed. Um, it was that this club is the first ever Maldonian team to make the Champions League. And in their first match, they beat Real Madrid two to one. So huh?
0: they well, got outshot
1: 31 to four, but they won the game.
0: So a little Champions League Leicester City kind of thing. That, maybe that's, that's what I'm getting out of this.
1: Maybe I mean that would be amazing. I um...
0: or or a better example for us is that the equivalent of UMBC upsetting Virginia, 16, 16 seed over the one.
1: Ooh, I think Leicester City closer comparison.
0: Well, I mean, of well, course, well, well, we're, we're, we're talking see. about the same sport here. We'll see. If...
1: We'll see. We're talking one game, so maybe it is more that well, UMBC it's not. It's UGA. not like
0: UMBC went on the win anymore.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe it's more like UMBC right now. I mean, let's be real. I don't – I mean, I, I'm not a huge soccer Champions League follower. Neither am I. But I know that the heavyweights are the heavyweights, and it's typically almost always the heavyweights. Obviously, Premier League the other uh, – you know, two, three years ago, I believe, was won by Leicester City. But other than that, it's almost always a heavyweight. So, I, fingers I, I, crossed, but I don't have my hopes up
0: for that. <laughs> I have friends who are huge in the soccer, and if they ever ask me, like, "Hey, how much of this do you get?" I'll just look at them and go, "Look, if I know the name, I know they're a heavy hitter." So, like, I know Real Madrid's name. Now, if could I remember if that was the team that Ronaldo played on or the team that Messi played on? Because I know that one was on Madrid, one was on Barcelona. No, I can't remember which is which.
1: Ooh, Messi when Messi was on Barcelona.
0: Okay. Well then Ronaldo was on Madrid. So there we go. Now we figured it out. But if I know the name, I know the name other than, like I only know Leicester city because of the feat that they pulled off. Um, But I know some EPL team names just because I think that was the league I was like first exposed to. So it's just kind of easier for me to keep track of those, but I I digress. Um, Going back to Sunday, one of us had a good Sunday May have come with a little bit of a heart attack before a 66 yard record breaking field goal was nailed, but uh, your Ravens won once again.
1: Crazy. I would just like to say that the Ravens season up to this point has been an absolute whirlwind. Obviously we have the preseason with all the injuries kind of decimated us right before uh, our first game against Vegas in Vegas had to implement basically two thirds of our running back core. Um, within the the two days leading up to the game. That was a Monday night game in Vegas. The Ravens then fly home. Then the following Sunday night, we had a home game versus Kansas City, which was obviously a nail-biter. Got the win there. And then this past week, we finally had our first normal 1 p.m. Sunday game, and we needed Tuck to bail us out. I mean, that kick's unreal. That kick is unreal. I know like 66 yards is one thing to uh, to say and like know that that's 66 yards. But like, have you ever tried kicking a field goal?
0: Yes. uh, A couple of times in high school when I was on the football team.
1: It is not easy.
0: No, no, it's really not. (laughs)
1: Like and to get that accurate enough lift to get over the line.
0: It's hard. um, Crazy. It's, It's hard.
1: I know I will, once again, another shameless plug here. Um, well, it's not really shameless because it's not for me, but Pat McAfee, obviously great punter for in his own right, uh, held plenty of field goals for Venetari, um, kind of did a nice breakdown of um, Tucker's kick um, today. And he talked about this new approach that I didn't even realize until I watched it, Um involving like oh do you know were, were you listening to the show today at all
0: yeah the, uh where he kind of like takes takes the uh like he almost like slides back or something or like takes another like half step to kind of like help with the uh the is almost like instead of doing like a regular field goal kick he was saying it was almost more like doing like a kickoff right
1: yeah and actually i so more like a kickoff because he had he was able to get more of a running start yeah, um, yeah and something about the timing there's like a little hop that he did yeah and it allowed him basically. It's just like when the quarterback snaps the ball, the running backs move the second the ball is snapped, unless it's like a draw play that, you know, then there's a pause and whatnot. But most right. of the time, everyone moves when the ball is snapped. And um, typically, kickers wait until the mm-hmm. ball is, I guess, there's a timing thing there. Um, and Tucker was implementing this hop and moved the second that the ball was snapped to give some, to make sure that timing was right on everything. So unreal, unreal kick.
0: I mean, mean, a couple of things came into factor luck-wise there. Uh, On the bad luck side of things, the Ravens were in that position because Hollywood Brown forgot (sighs) his hands back in Baltimore. So just going to throw that out there. The Ravens didn't need to be in that position, but they were. Well, it's Uh, also
1: that if Tucker hadn't missed the kick earlier in the game, the 48 or 49 yarder in the first quarter, we wouldn't have needed that. But he made up for it and some. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well also the refs made up for it too they let you slide on that delay of game uh and also it, you know you're saying he's moving right as the ball snapped you like honestly they're lucky he didn't get called for like a false start or something
1: so that's what McAfee was saying that um as long so he didn't if you watch the tape he did not move early mm-hmm. um but if kickers were to try to implement that approach then you would start to see kickers being called off for that because so many of them would probably jump the gun um because typically, the kicker isn't the one saying the snap count. The holder yeah. doesn't even really. It's all just based off timing with the the long snapper, I'm pretty sure.
0: Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, how, how could the long snapper, like, reasonably hear the punter with with his head right next to, like, a, a nose tackle and the punter is, you know, way back behind his butt? Yeah, how, how's he, how's he going to hear that? So that's got to be something where more, like, yeah, you know, they always talk about quarterback t- uh, getting their timing down with receivers, but that that itself has to be more of a precision timing sort of thing than anything.
1: Yeah, um, I mean that that's why I say the McAfee show because he you know because he's done it before. He he kind of analyzes obviously the special teams play more than basically anybody, um, mainly because that's how he he made his uh his pocket of money. Yeah
0: uh hounding peyton manning to say good punt uh, a couple weeks ago on the peyton or the manning broadcast with him and eli uh speaking of can we talk
1: about that for a second that is awesome
0: well it's awesome until eli forgot that he can't flip off the camera
1: (laughs) yeah well there's a reason it's not on the main broadcast
0: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm, i have no doubt of that um god they also uh They have like they always pull up a tweet from one of the barstool guys that is like trolling Peyton Manning. And Peyton always reads it out and he's like always giving him grief because the guy's like his whole shtick is that like when he tweets stuff out, he purposely misspells stuff. And Manning's like giving him grief on on uh, the broadcast. He's like, who is this guy? And I've I listened to the show that the guy's on and they're always chuckling because they're like, we interviewed him like two, three months ago and he's already forgotten who we are. That's crazy. <laughs> I I mean but that's that's Peyton Manning for you. Like the dude just meets so many people, I'm sure. I mean, maybe not so much cuz of COVID, but yeah, you know, he meets so many people that there's no way he has the brain capacity anybody would have the brain capacity to remember all of them.
1: But dude, have you seen the size of his head?
0: <laughs> dude, that's all Eli goes in on during those broadcasts. <laughs> it's either that or the fact that Peyton is super unathletic, but he's he's got two go-tos. You know, if, if Peyton starts talking a little too much, Eli just brings it back to, "Yeah, but your head ridiculous, or you can't run for anything like Eli <laughs> could."
1: Well, yeah. Um, Also, so last night's one of the last night's guests was Nick Saban and during the
0: uh, the Cowboys Eagles game, so everybody knows.
1: Yeah, I, what's the chance that Nick Saban said yes to that only because he's trying to get Arch Manning?
0: One thousand <laughs> percent. The, the better question is what percentage of Saban would have said no to that in general, because it, it, that, that's a recruiting tool. He's, he's going to go on try to make nice with the uncles. I mean, we already saw that Arch was enjoying himself at the, the Georgia game. So you got to imagine Saban sitting there going, Oh, I can't, I can't let, you know, Kirby smart, my old coordinator, take him from me. So
1: Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. I heard that it was for him, for Arch, it was narrowed down to Texas and Georgia. Has that, uh, do we know if that's confirmed?
0: I think a lot of people are putting rumors out there for that, but admittedly the Manning family has done an incredible job of keeping things tight lipped that unless it comes from Arch's mouth himself, or for that matter, Cooper's mouth, his dad, uh, you know, just in case Cooper wants to, you know, kind of keep his son out of the spotlight as much as possible, which, isn't really possible if your last name's Manning. But it seems like they're trying to manage this as much as they can to try to give Arch as much of a normal childhood as possible, uh, which I commend them for that because, you know, sometimes, you know, families who, you know, recognize what they are, and the Mannings certainly recognize what they are. Uh, but, you know, Southern they, seem, royalty. they seem to be doing as good of a job as you could ever ask anyone to, like, try to, you know, keep their families out of the limelight just so things are as, as normal as they can be. Uh, You know, if Peyton and Eli have kids, actually, no, I know Eli has a daughter because he was talking about taking her to the lacrosse practice on the broadcast one step, but that is the only reason why I know that Eli has children. Other than that, I couldn't tell you if they have boys, girls, how many, where, where they're at, what they're doing. like, I I got nothing for you. So, but. uh, I don't
1: know if Penny, if, if Peyton has kids i eli i think has multiple
0: well and that goes to my point you know they're they're doing such a good job of you know hey you guys are just kids go be kids or at least that's what that's what i'm assuming they're doing um you know be hard-pressed to see otherwise because it's not like they're ever in the news unless it's arch and that's because arch is a prodigy so unfortunately we're at the stage where he's going to get broadcast like that but they're doing a really good job of keeping everything in-house
1: i will also say um Lane Kiffin, who is the Old Mitch, Miss head coach, has one. He follows one person on Instagram, and that is Arch Manning.
0: Yep. And he's got the inside track just because of the family ties there. So I really wouldn't be shocked if Kiffin, especially, and we'll get to this in a, in a few, but if Ole Miss gives Bama a run for their money or upsets them this weekend, that could go a really long way and bringing arch to town because you gotta imagine you know for someone who's who's that good one he he knows he's pretty solid uh but two he wants to win because what's the only way if you're in that situation to actually like validate your name it's it's to win because otherwise everyone's going to look at you and be like oh you're a failure compared to everybody else in your family so you know he you know he's going to want to go somewhere where he can be competitive
1: oh he's 100 percent going to go somewhere that he can be competitive I wonder if he cares if he goes somewhere that he won't be able to start as a true freshman.
0: Ooh, that's actually a really good question because his uncles never really wanted to take any snaps off no matter where they were.
1: Right, but obviously in today's day and age, it's very rare you get a true freshman. Um, now, with that being said, actually, you know, the uh, Ewers, the big recruit for Ohio State. Iowa, yeah, Ohio State. He entered it, He enrolled early. So yeah. he, for, he went and ignored his senior year of high school. I'm surprised that Arch actually went through to finish his senior year of high school. I get the um, feeling
0: that was a decision that was largely influenced by mom and dad on that one. Because, again, that, that goes back to, you know, try to give your son as normal of an upbringing as you possibly can, knowing who you are.
1: True. True. But, I mean – I would – see, I don't know. I With with the new transfer portal rules, everything's up in the air because, like, do you think Ewers will stay at Ohio State with their quarterback situation?
0: I don't know because I don't know if the guy who is their starter right now has really solidified himself in that position because they have not looked good.
1: Right. But then putting a whole spin on this is that if Ewers does get the starting position – next year we'll say with the transfer portal as if you deem that beginning or even middle of training camp he's just going to go somewhere else Mm. so i you know i i don't know i i really wonder
0: i don't know there's a few mitigating factors i think go into that that make it harder for me to jump to that conclusion um off the bat and the first one is let's say he goes to ole miss Okay, Eli went there. I believe Cooper went there, and I know Dad went there too. I think Peyton was the only one who went to ten, yep. uh, Tennessee and went elsewhere. So if he goes to Ole Miss, dude, breaking away from family, no matter how easy people think it is to just hop in the transfer portal and go somewhere else, breaking from family traditions is hard. And- oh, no,
1: no, I don't see him transferring. I'm, I was talking about Ohio State. with If Ewers gets the top spot.
0: Oh, then, I thought I thought you were saying that in the sense of, you know, like if, if Arch doesn't start as a true freshman.
1: No, he's not starting. Oh, no. Arch probably. Well, I don't know if Arch goes to Texas, he's going to start.
0: I don't know. They Texas made a quarterback change and I don't know his current status. So if he's there during the time that Arch is there, he looks he looks a lot better than what they had before. So you never know. And. Really, I don't even know why Texas would be on the table for him because it's not like that program has really been good ever in his lifetime. There's no chance that he remembers the Vince Young era when they were playing USC in the Rose Bowl and winning that because he, he 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 would have been like what two or three years old maybe because like that game oh, was You're that making game, me feel old. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. Me too. But was that? that was 06, right? 05? Yeah, somewhere around that time. I think that sounds right.
1: He might have just, he might've been in the womb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or Uh,
1: just freshly, you know, popped out into this earth.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, all all he knows about somewhere like Texas is what he's seen. And and they haven't been good. I mean, in recent years, they were losing to Maryland. And if Texas was the Texas of old, they would have never lost to Maryland. So, you really, like, I, I don't see Arch wanting to go there. and, and, you know, almost try to resurrect a program on his own. I don't really think that's what, you know, the, I don't think the Mannings are really kind of about that in all honesty. Like, you know, I think that they certainly preach certain things like mental toughness and and everything to that regard, but, you know, they want to go somewhere in college where the situation best suits them as any college student does, but they kind of have more, you know, leverage to do that sort of thing. So I don't see Arch, seeing everything that you know Peyton's done that Eli's done hearing what Cooper could have done because you know there's all that talk where if he hadn't gotten injured he was the most talented out of the three of them and there's I just don't see him you know being the type to kind of like strike out on his own and be like oh yeah I'm gonna go like resurrect this program because if it doesn't go your way it just looks that much worse because your last name is Manning and you're this third generation Manning so everybody's got the, you know, these astronomical expectations for you be so much better. If you go to Ole Miss where oh God, I cannot remember the name of their quarterback right now, but he's starting to like, kind of put his name in as like a Heisman candidate. Uh, you you see Yeah. Corral Matt Corral. Um, you know, if you see Lane Kiffin doing something like that with that kid and it's, you know, your, your uncle's alma mater, your dad's alma mater, uh, your grandfather's alma mater, you know, why, why would you not want to go there? Um, unless he really has, you know, such a desire to be independent. But I think if he really had that desire, we'd probably be hearing some more leaks because he'd probably be putting out some leaks himself.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, that this is going to be the spotlight of college football, and it's it's going to be big news when it breaks. Um, oh yeah. But they've definitely they've done a very nice job of keeping it tight-lipped. Um, I believe he still has a few more visits left I just don't want him to go to Bama and actually I really don't want him to go to Clemson
0: <laughs> I do okay let's let's go ahead and jump into some <laughs> college football for this past weekend because I don't think he's going to Clemson after their performance this past weekend at all There's no chance
1: Yeah which I'm not complaining about I I'm not really a big Dabo fan I'm really not a Clemson fan even prior to his tenure there I'm okay with it.
0: I was never really anti Clemson because growing up a Maryland fan in the ACC for me, it was, you know, I'm a fan of Maryland and whoever's playing Duke. So, you know, if Clemson was playing Duke, I was pulling for Clemson. Granted, when I was younger, I paid a lot more attention to the college basketball than I did the college football. So I didn't really know that Duke's football program was pretty bad. But at the same time, um, you know, like I've been to Clemson uh, as, as a young one. So I feel like for me, I was never really anti them. I think I'm just anti Davo Um, because he he really he makes everything all about himself, and I don't think he's adapting well to this name, image, and likeness stuff because he was really, really like anti name, image, and likeness. And by comparison, you would think somebody as old as Nick Saban would have every reason to be like the old, stodgy man who you know isn't flexible or whatever. And he seems to be rolling right with it. He's just sitting there going like. Okay, cool. Now I just don't have to hide it anymore.
1: Well, so this is a this is a really good conversation because obviously you could definitely argue that for Clemson, one hundred percent, and so much so that it's even resulting in some post game issues with receivers spitting on fans, and we're not going to talk about that. But um, Oklahoma, those guys got paid, and they've been very lackluster. I watched the Oklahoma game saturday night and i know there's a lot of controversy i i about radler i'm not a huge radler fan either
0: however is he just not good
1: no 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 i i he throws a really nice ball
0: i'm sure he Um, does but like just the way that he's performing he is not going to the standard that oklahoma has set the last few years but he's got the attitude as if he is
1: he definitely has the attitude, um, and I don't like how he was kind of deemed like the chosen one for last year slash really this year more so. Um,
0: I don't think that's I I don't think that's a him thing though. You know, I think it's that's, just the,
1: the the spot. It's Oklahoma. He's a quarterback.
0: You know, yeah. Everybody expected whoever was coming after who was it like Kyler, the most recent one before? Oh no, Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, whoever was coming after Jalen Hurts. You know, everybody was expecting you know, whoever was the next one to basically be anointed as a as chosen one. So I don't really put that on Rattler. I just don't think he shies away from it, even though he's not performing up to it.
1: Right. I don't, I mean, his play the other night really wasn't bad. He, I mean, from the way I see it, one, their offensive line is nowhere near as good as it has been in years past. No, and I think is that's, not. I think that's what a lot of these top tier teams are running into is that they've had such massive line overhauls. That they're depleted or that they've got massive holes in them. And quarterbacks are kind of running for their life. I know Clemson's line, I don't know how many of them returned, but if you watch any Clemson, it's literally DJ trying to do everything. Yeah. So I don't know, just some things to look out for. But I, I just, uh, Oklahoma, to me, it felt like the rest of the offense was kind of letting Rattler down. Obviously they got the win and that's what was really most important. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm quite happy Clemson lost. Um, <laughs> but now who the question becomes is, is, is I'm assuming the ACC is a hundred percent out.
0: I don't know. I really don't because I think that the selection committee is one of the most baffling structures in all of sports because they don't have a president to lead them. So If Ohio State loses again, if Cincinnati loses once, if Oregon loses, and if Oklahoma falls, who are you going to put in? Because right now, to me, the only two locks, and I mean the only two locks, are Alabama and Georgia. Because right now, I think those are the only two who really can compete for the title. The only way that they, right now I don't see them meeting in the title game is if they meet in the SEC championship, and the loser of that gets the four seed, so that way – you know the committee tries to like purposely avoid having an all SEC final.
1: Well, so here's a thought: if it is, say, last uh, ch- you know conference finals week, if we have it, Bama number one, Georgia number two, they play each other in the SEC championship. Yeah. Georgia loses. We'll say Georgia slides to four, as is tradition doesn't one play four would that be back-to-back weeks
0: well yeah but that's why i'm saying that they would make it a semifinal to avoid you know the final game and it might look weird for them to run it back but i think a lot of people like really what they want to do is try to have the most regional you know aspects to it as possible so if alabama or georgia makes it they want to have somebody other than the sec make it because they know that's better for tv ratings so they're gonna I'm not going to accuse them of stacking the brackets, but I'm going to accuse them of stacking the brackets.
1: I don't know. Big Ten's trying to make a push this year, I think.
0: Yeah, but who's going to take it? I mean, Ohio State doesn't look good. Wisconsin looks awful. Oh, we also forgot about Notre Dame. If Notre Dame loses to Cincinnati, you know. They're probably done. Yeah, but if they win, are they in? Because they've looked like hot garbage, in all honesty. They -hmm. they do not look like a good team. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> still right. way too early, but it is it is, uh, is kind of crazy because the way that these schedules pan out, I don't know who Notre Dame has up on the slate the next few weeks. I know that at, at some point they play – they have three weeks consecutively against teams who are coming off buys. However, Notre Dame does not have a buy. Um, And at some point that physically will catch up to them. So I don't, I don't know. And it's a young team to begin with. Um, I believe their entire offensive line is just sophomores and freshmen.
0: So after the Cincinnati game this weekend, they, uh, they go to Blacksburg to play Virginia tech. Uh, Then they've got USC and then they've got North Carolina uh, Navy, which will be a cakewalk. Uh, Virginia, Georgia Tech, which might actually be a trickier game than than many would think, the way that Tech's been playing lately. Uh, and they finish up the season with Stanford. The one team that I was curious to see if they were on their schedule when I was look, when I pulled this up a second ago that I'm actually quite disappointed to see isn't on their schedule is Wake Forest. Because I know in recent years they've had them on their schedule because they kind of flip between ACC and Pac-12. They're, they're weird. But
1: independent
0: <laughs> sure they just know that they have the the broadcast rights on nbc that's the only reason that
1: is 100 percent the only reason being yeah, a navy you know growing up uh navy navy season ticket holder i miss when we were independent that's <laughs> when we could actually be somewhat competitive i mean there was a good handful of stretch um of years where we were top 15 um then they went to the aac and it's just they can't keep up because they don't have the budget that the other schools do so
0: yeah. Uh, it's, unfortunately, it's just the way that, that things are going. Um, totally. also, so I just, I'm disappointed not to see Wake Forest. I think for the rest of their season outside of Cincinnati, from what I'm used to seeing of their schedule, that would have been their best challenge throughout the the remainder of the season. You know, many people would have thought that Wisconsin, they were favored last week, Wisconsin. So they thought that Notre Dame would have gone down in that game and first of all just an absolutely atrocious game to watch it was painful
1: if you like offense that was not the game to watch oh my god
0: no if you like football that wasn't the game to watch and somehow notre dame in like the last five minute minutes blows my uh my under pick because they like turned wisconsin over got like a pick six or something got a kickoff return for a touchdown and they won 41 to 13 so yeah, it just it was such a weird game because like up until the fourth quarter, they it was it was like they just could not, it wasn't you know uh unstoppable force meets immovable object. It was just two immovable objects. They were yeah, so, they were so bad. So I I have no clue what's <laughs> going on there. And just just based on the eye test alone, I don't think they're a playoff team. But right now, other like I said, other than Bama and Georgia, I don't know who is.
1: Well, is this a good segue into our first pick with uh, the game Friday?
0: Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say so, because this is a team that many people are thinking could be frisky for the playoff. But until I see them do it, like on the biggest stage, I won't have trust in them. But Iowa traveling to College Park, you know, taking on the turfs. And for those who are listening, who know that Chris and I have a Maryland fandom, it was only about time until we were going to talk one of their games, but I at least made sure it was a game that was worthwhile before we brought it up. Cause I wasn't really going to bring up their game against Howard or their game against Kent state. So,
1: I mean, we have to take a second and at least respect the fact that they are four and uh,
0: they, they did everything they could to lose that game against Illinois. The only, the only reason Maryland won that game against Illinois is because Maryland injured Illinois top two running backs because they were getting trampled by Illinois' running game. And if those two hadn't gotten hurt, then I think that Illinois would have won that game going away.
1: I mean, they have, they have a tough matchup this week. I mean, Iowa's defense is arguably top five, top ten in the country. I mean, I don't even know if that's arguably. They they are stout. Mm-hmm. Um
0: I've run into the question of who have they beaten because you could say Iowa State, but Iowa State looks like a dumpster fire this year. So
1: True, there, but that's there, not
0: Iowa's fault. No, but that that does kind of go to my point of, you know, how do I know who the good teams are? Which uh, quick quick little side note to that. I am so happy that this is going on because normally college football is so dang predictable that not knowing what's going to happen from week to week this is the, like, this is the best time that we could have ever picked to start this podcast. Cause th- this is so much fun.
1: <laughs> I, I, I keep plugging it. Josh Pate Renaissance season. He has that all tied to all sorts of trademarked and whatnot. Um, it is, I mean, it is crazy. It has not been like this. I, everyone keeps saying 2007 was the last time it was like this.
0: Um, I mean, that was freshman I, year of high school for us. So how the heck would we remember?
1: <laughs> I will. I mean, that was pretty nuts. Um, i
0: that was the last time kansas was good
1: that was the last time kansas was good it was good um missouri was number one uh oh, US, yeah. usf was top five if not number one for a little bit
0: and then wasn't that also around the uh, the colt brennan era may he rest in peace the colt brennan era of hawaii
1: yes if not it was right before yeah
0: it was it was really close but to that, they had so.
1: tommy chung chang
0: I think it something was, like
1: that. I think it was Chung Chung, Tommy Chung. I mean, they had the they that offense, the Hawaii offense for like five, six, seven years was unreal.
0: The only thing that could have made it better is if they had never gone away from their rainbow warrior uniforms, because I, and maybe this is just the fact that, you know, certain retro things are coming back in a style, many of which I do not agree with bell-bottom pants, short shorts <laughs> for men. Pretty much anything right now that's going on with modern style, I kind of don't agree with. And I, the mullets are coming back. And why on earth are mullets coming back? But in the sports world, throwbacks just almost always seem to be money. Like Toledo broke out some throwbacks earlier this year, and their helmets were chef's kiss good. Um, you know, Maryland, the first game of the season against West Virginia, they broke out some classics uh, with the you know, the, the kind of like uh, color piping the script Terps on the side of the helmet, as much as I love their, their modern day jerseys, I almost wish they'd keep those because I think they just look so clean. And so if, if Hawaii had never gotten away from the rainbow warriors, I understand why they did it because, you know, you almost don't want to make it seem like your school is political. You just kind of want to stay neutral if you can, but it's the rainbow state. So just because people over here on the continental 48, would be too, you know, ignorant to understand that you're just going off your school's nickname, that or your state's nickname. My apologies, uh, but you know, just because they, they wouldn't be able to recognize that, doesn't mean that you got to force yourself to change the name because that was such a cool name. So, if only. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Side topic is t- done. Let Let me step off my my milk crate or soapbox here. Maryland game on Friday, I'm going to be there, at least in body, not so much sure about mind by the time the game starts, um, but I will be there, and I, I will say this because people who I've talked to about this game, I've said one consistent thing, and I want to see if, if you're on the same page with me about this. I've got Iowa winning, and a few things that go into this, but they all kind of circle around the same topic. So last time Maryland had a game like this, they canceled classes. It was a Friday night game. So similar setup to like what they have here. Penn State was coming to town. The team thought that they were really good. Penn State then proceeded to break do- uh, the the brakes off of us. Yeah, beat the brakes off of us. Great English, Sean. <laughs> um, but they they just, just proceeded to come down and trounce us like 56 to nothing. And Maryland tanked for the rest of the season. But also... I've noticed a pattern with this team, where it doesn't matter who the players are, who the coaching staff is, but the first game or two of the season, they always pull off, you know, a, a win that makes you think, "Oh man, we're making a turn." You know, th- this could be really good. So, like this year, the West Virginia game was that turn. I mentioned years past, they beat Texas uh, a couple of times, and they've had other wins similar to those. And then by the time you get to like week three which would have been the Illinois game, which, as I said, they did everything they could to lose. Uh, Week four, if it's like another conference game, so Kent State kind of crossed that one out. Um, Or week five, those are usually like the key times for Maryland to just drop an absolute dud of a game and just get waxed by whoever they're playing. So I don't know if you've noticed the same thing, but my heart says pick Maryland but my brain says for the sake of the fact that I am tracking mythical units, since we're not actually placing these bets yet, take Iowa, take Iowa to cover the three point spread. Um, I will say over 47 cause strangely enough, I don't think Iowa's defense is that good. I know for a fact, Maryland's isn't that good. So I think there'll be a fair amount of points scored in this game.
1: Interesting. I'm taking, I'm agreeing with you on Iowa. My, I mean, my heart says UMD all the way. Um, The last time that Tungabailo actually played a defense that could compare to Iowa's, he threw three picks against Indiana last year. Now, granted, he's had a lot more experience since then. He's kind of been tearing it up. I mean, maybe even get rid of the word kind of. He's been tearing it up. Um, But I'm going to – so I'm going to go with Iowa just mainly because of their defense. Um, I think Iowa also recognizes that they kind of control their own destiny within the big 10. Um, you know, I know Michigan is undefeated and the, that's a topic for another day. Um,
0: that's another team where you ask who have they beaten?
1: Right. I mean, I do think that Rutgers is an improved team, but uh, that's a topic for another day. Yeah. I, I think Iowa recognizes that, Hey, like we were just talking about how unpredictable this season is. They can't, they kind of carry their own destiny. They're four and Iowa Ohio, uh, Ohio State already lost. Iowa State they wiped off the face of the, the planet a few weeks ago. They don't I seem don't, to have
0: any real challengers in the West for the Big Ten.
1: Right. So this is a I mean, this is a big game for them that I, I would like to think that they would just come in and take care of business. My heart still says go UMD, though. Um <laughs> I'm going to say uh bet wise, I'm not gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the under.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're going under 47. So you're thinking this is more of a gross slugfest.
1: Gross slugfest.
0: Now, do you have Iowa covering the three-point spread?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: All right. So I will, as uh, SVP said last week during his winner's segment, uh, when he picked Kent State to cover against Maryland, he said that He's taking the pick because it seemed like the right pick to make, but he'd be more than happy to be wrong. And I'm going to echo that statement. I will be more than happy to be wrong about this pick. So let's
1: get, let's get the weekend off on a good start.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, let's actually let me put it this way. I hope that this is the first game that I actually stay all the way through for. Because I've left every other game early so far that that they played at home. Granted, the West Virginia game I had to leave because I had a fantasy football draft that I just didn't want to do remotely while I was in a stadium that just didn't seem like it was going to work out well. But the Howard and the Kent State games, I was out by either like halftime or the end of the third quarter because it was such a blowout. So moving on from that one onto the Saturday slate, the first game that that pops up as really catching my interest was the Arkansas-Georgia game. Because I got to admit, last week I was flat out wrong. I thought Texas A&M was going to beat Arkansas. I thought Arkansas was maybe a little fraudulent in terms of where they were ranked. Uh, and if memory serves correctly, I believe they're all the way up to like number eight right now in the AP poll. Uh, Georgia, as I mentioned a couple times already is one of my national title favorites. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, but w- what do you have? Do you think Arkansas can even hang with, with Georgia? I mean, right now they're 18 point underdogs. Um, which for number. No. Liver- <laughs> But, like, adding to that, the number two team and the number eight team, and it's an 18-and-a-half point spread, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean,
1: and honestly, people get wooed by Georgia putting up a ton of points last week and whatnot. Well, let's not forget, Georgia's defense is unreal. Maybe I'm just sticking with the defensive thread throughout all this, this week's slate, but they have shut down everybody that they've played.
0: Let's also not forget that Vanderbilt last week is Vanderbilt and they're trash.
1: <laughs> Vanderbilt is. Um, I mean, and, and now in hindsight, we know that Clemson's not very, not good. As bad, not very good, but um, the Bulldogs defense has forced nine turnovers while only allowing one touchdown. One. Yeah. We're going into week five.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's impressive. You know, especially given the, what like, if, if you looked at it just on paper, it's really impressive.
1: Um, I mean, I, I think in order for Arkansas to win, they're going to need to run the living crap out of the ball and just keep the ball out of JT Daniels hands. Um, I just, I, I still don't see Arkansas being able to do that for a full four quarters. Um, I also think that Georgia knows that they basically need to run the gauntlet, um, because of how crazy this season has been. I mean, I I will play devil's advocate with this, though. If Arkansas wins, they're easily in top five. Who had Arkansas in the top five
0: five (laughs) weeks ago? I don't know if that's devil's (laughs) advocate or just pointing out the obvious, because I don't think anybody would have had Arkansas in the top 25. Meanwhile,
1: Clemson's ranked 25, I believe.
0: Why are they still ranked? They're not good. No, they're not. They they um they just don't deserve to be in the top twenty five at all right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Arkansas's defense has played extremely well. Okay, I, I'm not discrediting that, but I just think Georgia's defense is just n- another level. Um, I mean, the SEC's defense, SEC and Big Ten defense, is just through the roof. Um, I also, if you're comparing quarterback plays, I do take Jat Daniels over KJ uh, Jefferson. Um, who's more of like a dual threat guy opposed to the more traditional dropback? back. Um, and George is at home. So Athens goes crazy for this stuff. Um, this is the 330 game, right?
0: No, this game starts at noon.
1: Oh, this is a noon game.
0: The 330 game is going to be one that we'll talk about a little bit later.
1: Mm. Man, this, 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 this game has that... Oh, well, actually, no, it's the oldness game. Three thirty, Chris,
0: game. I was trying to do a tease.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> there's just
1: something special about that 3.30 CBS SEC slot.
0: I mean, they've, they've got the intro music that everyone like you probably would be able to imitate it better than I would. You being the musician. But, you know, it's one of those very identifiable, identifiable like you hear it come on and, you know, you kind of come running because, you know, it's like the, the matchup of the week. Um, this one, I think this one's honestly... If they don't put this on ABC, I'm going to be really surprised because that would probably mean that they're putting it on, like, the main ESPN one, but I don't know what game they would put over it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, I will also say um, that w- there, the, the SEC has some monster matchups coming up, this being one, kind of getting that slate under underway. Um, obviously, later we'll talk about Bama and Old Miss and whatnot um and then i believe next week arkansas plays oldness and then texas a&m plays bama and then georgia auburns in there somewhere too i think I, the, I
0: honestly i think the shines off texas a&m i don't know if i would call them a marquee matchup anymore
1: no but it's an SEC team and so is vanderbilt uh, yeah that's the bad example though that is the <laughs> bad example
0: okay so is tennessee so is missouri uh, Missouri just got beaten by Boston College.
1: I think Boston College is better than, than what people f- are saying,
0: though. I mean, that's still not saying much.
1: <laughs> it's that ACC, man.
0: The, look, the ACC this year is, is completely topsy-turvy. I would not be shocked if, like, Pitt or Wake Forest or somebody walked away with the title.
1: I'm all for it, as long as it's not Clemson. <laughs>
0: I got to start asking you questions about like which teams you do enjoy because like every t- it seems like every time we talk about a team, you're like, hey, you know, I'm not really a fan of that team and all that. so
1: I really don't like – I mean, I'm kind of clean slate. I really – I'm not a huge fan of Clemson. I really don't like Dabo. Not a fan of Oklahoma. Not a fan of Texas. So, really, it's the SEC. I'm not a huge SEC guy. Um, I respect the living hell out of Nick Saban and Bama. It's hard not to, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to root for them in any situation. You, you, um,
0: hold on, hold on. You really just said, it's not Clemson. It's not, it's, o- or sorry, it's Clemson. It's Oklahoma. It's Texas, which are three teams that are not currently in the SEC. And then followed up by saying, so really it's just the SEC.
1: Okay. Well, because then got <laughs> Texas will be in. And let's be real, Oklahoma's going, too. So,
0: I, But they're not there yet.
1: <laughs> they might as well be. <laughs> they might as well be. Um,
0: no, not No, not with the way Oklahoma's playing this year. They would get beaten down.
1: Yes, and Texas, too. I mean.
0: Yeah. At, uh, at, least, at least Texas has shown the ability to score, putting up 70 points last week.
1: True. That is very true. But, I mean, like, like I said, I'm definitely more so Big Ten heavy. Um, there really isn't a Big Ten team I dislike. My least favorite is probably Penn State, but I'll still happily cheer them on. Um, I like the Pac-12 teams. Uh, I've always had a, a soft spot for Wazoo. Um, yes. Pre pre uh, Mike Leach era of the uh, SEC teams. I you know I don't necessarily have any interest in Mississippi State, but I've I've always liked Mike Leach. So I guess I kind of like them. I want to see them do well. I don't want to see them, you know, I don't though They're not going all the way anyway, so it's fine.
0: (laughs) No, no, they're most certainly not. But But, uh, I I will say I also have a soft spot for Wazoo because one, I've been there for work. So I I went there. The campus is is gorgeous. Like low-key, one of the most beautiful campuses in America Uh, two, I was a fan of them since I was a kid because again, another sidebar for fun, uh, saw a report on ESPN and for the life of me, I can't remember who this guy was, but it was a guy who was playing for their basketball team who up and down one of his legs. He had a diamond like chain tattoo pattern that went like literally like from his thigh down to his ankle. And they did a whole story on it where I believe he was raised in Hawaii because he was very much white. Um, but you know in the Hawaiian culture and one of the things that they do there is like they have a different tattoo style uh, or way of you know doing them because you know that they, they you know have a traditional way of doing it they don't exactly use all the modern tools and everything like that uh, where you know like they take the ink they take like a wooden stake and stuff and like like literally like pound it into your skin to make it stay and having a couple tattoos myself I know what a ridiculously painful process that can be depending on the part of the body that you're getting it in and knowing that some of that was also like right on top of bone because it was on his shin bone I can Oof. only imagine the agony that he went through uh, to get that so you know at the time obviously young kid don't have any tattoos but seeing that whole story I just thought was really cool so I also have a soft spot for Wazoo
1: look at that go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: digressing back to the main point So we've both got Georgia. I don't think either of us are shocked by that. Uh, I will say, though, I've got Arkansas covering the 18 and a half point spread. And before we started talking, I had the over, which is currently set at 48 and a half. But I'm not like you talking about the defense convinced me to switch to the under because the more and more I thought about it, I was like, hey, you know, Arkansas, Texas A&M didn't put up a whole ton of points. Uh, Georgia has improved their offense recently, but the competition wasn't as good as Clemson. And when they played Clemson, that was a a rock fight. So, you know, I just, I don't see a whole lot of points going up in this the more and more I thought about it. So I got Arkansas covering UGA winning and the under. What about you?
1: I'm going to be a complete copycat and say the same exact thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You know, just, I, I, I understand that, you know, greatness is, is often copied.
1: <laughs> Imitation is the best form of flattery, right?
0: Exactly. Now, the next game up on Saturday, this one I know for a fact we disagree on. Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Neither team has looked particularly great. Cincinnati did have a scare against Indiana until they pulled away late in the second half. Uh, Notre Dame has is currently undefeated. Uh, they beat Wisconsin in an ugly game, as as I already touched on. Uh, they also beat Florida State to start the season off in a wild game, but Florida State looks so much like a dumpster fire that makes you wonder about Notre Dame with the fact that that game was so close. So, Chris, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it. You've got Notre Dame. I've got Cincinnati winning this game. Why do you have Notre Dame? Because I can't figure it out.
1: I mean, I'm just really crossing my fingers and taking a shot here. Um, I do think that Cincinnati is the better team. Um, I will say I don't know if that's the case two years from now. Um, Notre Dame is extremely young, specifically on the offensive line, um, which, you know, the trenches are just – play such an important role in football, specifically college football, um, where you don't have as many skill guys to really bail you out. Um, I would imagine that Brian Kelly is going to put them through the ringer this week and at the end of the day, you can say what you want, but they are 4-0, and I know Cincinnati's 3-0, but they've somehow gotten to oh, three sorry, to 4-0. Um, is it pretty? No. Does Brian Kelly care about it being pretty? No. In past years, maybe. Um, I will also say Brian Kelly used to coach at Cincinnati.
0: Long time ago.
1: A long time ago, Tony Pike era, if I'm correct on that that's back yep. when we were in high school yep. um and i maybe a bit of a revenge game there also picking notre dame because it is home notre Dame obviously had that big game last week against wisconsin um had to do neutral site so i'm um, you know those fans are going to be itching to go nuts over this game so while my heart tells me i want to go with cincy i'm gonna say notre dame just also continue the craziness because if Cincinnati has a loss, Notre Dame goes to 5-0, and they kind of have cupcakes the rest of the way. Let's just m- muddy the waters even more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I've got Cincinnati for a few reasons. Um, one, I think when the Lions come out and Cincinnati is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against a power team, I can't say that they're a power conference team because they are independent, but they are a power team. Yeah, I, th- I think that says a lot about the way that Notre Dame's been playing. Uh, Jack Cone did get hurt against Wisconsin, and his status is a little bit up in the air, uh, which could be a positive, could be a negative <laughs> for Notre Dame. There's no way I to mean, know.
1: Ugh, you know betters everywhere are sweating over that because, for those of you who don't know, when Cone got hurt, that's when their offense exploded the other day. Now, granted, Wisconsin also turned the ball over a ton, but I don't you know. So
0: Wisconsin just looks, looks bad, so... At some point, somebody was bound to do something in that game. It just was a matter of which team it was. It just happened to be Notre Dame. So, I I like the fact that Cincinnati came back and showed the toughness to overcome Indiana. I don't like the fact that they spotted Indiana, the lead that they did to begin with. And I think that if they spot Notre Dame like a 14-point lead, similar to how they did with Indiana, I don't think that Cincinnati will be able to pull off a similar comeback. But – you know, if they keep it, you know, with the close or if they take the lead and, and kind of keep the lead throughout, I've got Cincinnati winning, uh, you know, I've definitely got them covering a two and a half point spread if I've got the because I don't see this being a one point affair. Uh, but I will also say Cincinnati also kind of knows how to how to muddy a game up. So I'm taking the under which is currently set at 15 and a half. I just hope that Notre Dame doesn't, you know, mess me over on that two weeks in a row. Because that would be definitely a bummer
1: yeah um so yeah so i'm taking notre dame i'm gonna go under so then i and then that should be it right
0: yep because if you got notre dame winning that means you also got them covering the spread good job chris
1: vacation Ed- see i'm picking up on this stuff
0: <laughs> uh, well that game is is gonna be Probably one of the more boring ones to watch, but definitely one to keep an eye on, if we're being honest. Um, I say boring just because I don't think it's going to be as high-flying as the 330 CBS slotted game. Ole Miss. Nick Saban
1: is shaking by just hearing you say that.
0: Is he, though? Because this year, again, this year more than any, Alabama looks good. And don't get me wrong, Ole Miss has also looked good. But who has Ole Miss meet, uh, beaten today because they've beaten Louisville. They beat Louisville pretty handily. Louisville's not that good. They're definitely not as good as they were during the, uh, the Lamar Jackson and the Teddy Bridgewater eras that they had. So beating them isn't really saying much. Uh, Matt Corral, who we referenced earlier, does look like a Heisman candidate against iffy competition. So this is, and I, I was listening to some stuff earlier today that kind of made this point to me. This is Ole Miss's first true road game in two years. This is also Matt Corral's first true road game uh, that he's playing in. Lane Kiffin is going up against his old boss, and we know that Saban loves to beat down his old protégés. Um, And and overall, the game's just in Tuscaloosa. You got to imagine that, one, Alabama fans are just nuts to begin with, but, two, there is no chance – that they're going to go into this game thinking that they they're going to take Ole Miss lightly because Ole Miss is going to come in getting ready to like puff their chest out and act like, you know, they they've arrived and you know that the team, the coaching staff and the fans want to send them back to Oxford with their tails tucked between their legs and remind them, no, nah, you're not on their level yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick against Bama. Um, I don't think their defense is as good as past years. Um, Which could be interesting. Ole Miss has the number one offense in the country. They're averaging fifty-two, over fifty-two points a game, fifty-two point seven to be exact. They have also been heavily penalized. Um, Lane Kiffin, not exactly the strictest coach in that realm. Um, I do expect it to kind of be uh, a quarterback duel. I, I think Corral's better, but Corral's also played more. Um, but Bama, Bama just has so many weapons.
0: Yeah, I think that's the difference for me, too, because Corral is the better quarterback, but I think Bama just has more options to work with.
1: Totally. What is the over-under
0: set at of this? 79.
1: Whew. Oh, well, clearly we're not alone thinking this is going to be a shootout.
0: <laughs> I, I say that, but for some reason, that just screams take the under for me. And I I may end up being totally wrong, but there's just something about me thinking about looking at Nick Saban going, yes, he, he changed to have a, a faster-paced offense to keep up with the times, but at his core, he's still a defensive coach.
1: He is. I, I'm also – so we both have, we, we're both going Bama here, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Until they prove me wrong, roll tide. I've even got Bama covering a 14-point spread, which I think is a little bit risky compared to the other games they've been in. But again, until they prove me wrong, I'm just going to go with Bama.
1: So it's interesting. So Bama and Ole Miss did play last year. Um, The two offenses combined for over 1,400 yards and they were tied at 7 14 21 28 35 and 42 before, before Alabama finally broke loose. Now last year was weird because of COVID. Ah, I I might have to go over here. Which is eight. I know that's a huge gamble, but I'm also
0: Honestly, and- I think I think both of them are huge gambles. Cuz like you said last year was so weird, but there's so many like there's just so much weirdness going into this that I'm just picking what like what my gut tells me to pick i'm not doing it based on any form of logic
1: yeah so i'm gonna go bama with the over and that they cover right did i say that right
0: yes if you think they're gonna win by more than 14 so another education yes. spot okay so, so you yes. think you think they'll win by at least 15 points because if, if they yes. win by if they win by fourteen, technically it's a push. So right, you know, ne- neither team would be covering at that point.
1: Right. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say yes to that.
0: Okay. So we're both on the same page about that, although we probably arrived there at totally different reasonings. Um. Now another game, and this one, this one I've been flipping back and forth on, um, and I'm going to move away from the Bama game kind of quickly, just because you know it's it's one of those. I kind of got to see what happens to, to really get a, a good grasp on it. I just have so many questions going into it, trying to figure out, you know, things like the over, like the spread, like all that. I just, I got to see these two teams play. Cause also I want to see the difference between Alabama on the road when they played their first true road game at Florida, which I think had an impact on the game. Uh, and now they get to be at home with another team coming in with their first true road game. So there's only so much insight I can provide on that. So I'm just going to go ahead and move along. Um, We're going to move over to the big 12. Now this game, I think at the start of the season, nobody really would have marked this game as, you know, a a kind of worthwhile matchup to discuss in depth, but Baylor and Oklahoma state have been a couple of pleasant surprises so far this season. Uh, Oklahoma state comes in. They are three and a half point favorites. The game is in Stillwater. So Oklahoma state, the home team, uh, but Baylor, a program that a lot of people probably thought were gonna fall off pretty hard when Matt Rule left for the NFL. You know their new coaching staff has going has done a good job of keeping them you know competitive and, and so far I believe both teams are undefeated. So I don't know how much of either team you have watched. I have watched a good amount of Oklahoma State because I watched their game against Boise. Uh, but what what say you on this game?
1: So I'm, I'm rolling with Oklahoma State. One, I trust their coaching staff more. Gundy, like him or not, I know he's a bit controversial. He's a loud voice in the locker room and on the the podium. Um, But he's more experienced. And, you know, whether or not Kansas State was uh, overrated last week, but they did knock off Kansas State to, to, you know, pretty easily um, to – gain some leverage on on their own season. Um, so kind of rolling for them with that. It's a home game, like you said. Um, also, <sighs> Baylor's kind of had a, a few cakewalks with Kansas and then Texas Southern. Um, I, I just – I got to go with the, with the more stable coach here.
0: That, that is fair. Um, however – I will say, I'll say a few things. Um, One, as much as I hate the fact that mullets have come back, uh, I I did enjoy Mike Gundy's mullet because at that point in time, it was a novelty. So seeing that, I felt like kind of gave him a certain level of power uh, just to cause mayhem on the field. It seems like one through the team's play and through my own stupid superstitions, uh, the fact that he has cut off the mullet, he's lost some of that power. So Oklahoma State just does not look as explosive as they have in years past, but Not really like not really like Baylor, you know, has been super explosive either. Um, I think this is going to be a game that surprisingly when it comes to the Big 12, because most people automatically think points, 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 especially with that 70 to 35 point fest between Texas and Texas Tech last week. I think this game ends up just being kind of, you know, a little gross, a little muddy, kind of, you know, just a fist fight in the trenches. Um, I watched a ton of the Oklahoma state Boise state game because uh, I was in some chat groups kind of staking my, my online reputation on Oklahoma state covering that game and lo and behold, they ended up winning outright. Uh, so I, I had a lot of, you know, personal internet ties to that. Um, but Oklahoma state, are, are you
1: going old school with message boards?
0: Uh, sort of U- YouTube chats during shows oh okay gotcha gotcha no so so not message boards but modern <laughs> modern day message boards yes uh, i kind of wish that those were still like relevant uh yeah i just like whenever i watch pick central for barstool i may you know just also because i'm at work i don't really have a whole ton of time to like make you know a bunch of different points in the chat i just kind of pick a team that i like for that week and just kind of keep posting it which may drive some people crazy on there but i just either way i'm just like at this point i kind of kept doing it because there was one person in particular who seemed to get really riled up by it so i was like all right well i'm good over here i just really like this pick so i'll just have some fun with it and just kind of every so often just come back and keep putting that pick uh so that was one of those moments where i was like i'm doing this for fun but at the same time i do not want to be wrong because and, and I mean I really did like that pick because you know the the ones that I have posted on that show I do try to go through the uh, the sports book uh, for barstool and you know find games that I think like have lines that you know I think are basically like easy money that people don't necessarily pick up on so like a game that we're not going to cover this week in depth but a game that like on the sports book I really love is Syracuse going to Florida State and Syracuse is a five and a half point underdog. I don't understand how Syracuse is an underdog when they just beat a Liberty team. That is pretty solid and Florida state lost at Jacksonville state. So that's one of those ones where like, I would be in that chat being like, you know, take Syracuse because this just seems like, you know, it seems like what most people would call like a rat line because it just doesn't make any sense. It screams to me, take Syracuse. So, but with Baylor and Oklahoma state, um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of picked this one largely on, I don't think either team is particularly great. I don't think either team is, like, atrocious. You know, I think they're both kind of similar levels of, eh, they're all right. And That mushy middle. I, yeah, and I gave Oklahoma State the edge just because they're at home. And, you yeah, know, I think that where is at, because uh, the way I've heard it described to me is, like, you know, you, you leave Oklahoma City, you drive two hours, like, northwest or something, and just when you think you've driven too far, you keep going, and then, like, two hours later, you'll find their campus. So something about that. It just kind of says to me, there's a little bit of, you know, more of a home field advantage there than there are at most campuses, even though most campuses are in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Just, just seems a little weird to me. And because of that, and because I've seen Oklahoma state pull off some upsets in the past some crazy ones, I'm probably going to end up being completely wrong here, but I'm taking Oklahoma state, but I do have Baylor covering the three and a half point spread because I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Also, not a ton of points. So I'm taking the under 47 and a half, which is very anti my style because I like rooting for points because points are fun. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a tough one.
1: Crazy. I didn't realize. Hmm. Well, so I'm definitely, I'm taking okay state. I would also like to say, um, quarterback that doesn't get talked about a lot in college. Um, Remember the, the, the era of Zach Robinson at OK State? Yes. They were consistently a top 10 team um, during his tenure. And then he, he got picked up by the Pats and then, I don't know, practice squad probably at some point um, and fizzled out. But I'm going OK State here. But you're taking Baylor, man.
0: Baylor to cover, not Baylor, Baylor to, to cover.
1: Win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baylor to cover. I'm going to say Baylor to cover as well. Um, and I'm going to take, I'm going to take the over.
0: Ooh. Okay. Getting a little frisky there. You you like some points.
1: Something's just telling me that there's going to be a lot of points in that game.
0: Uh, you know, I was feeling the same way because it's the big 12 and the big 12 isn't known <laughs> for defense having is great. <laughs> yeah. But Again, I was watching that Boise State Oklahoma State game, and I kind of feel like the way that that game went is going to be a similar fashion to how this game will go, because I feel like you could probably substitute Baylor in for Boise State and get a similar result. And that, like to me, that's why I'm just like, "Eh, I don't know. I mean, 47 seems low to me, especially for a game that I think is going to be close, because you know they'll probably get into the 20s uh, in order for somebody to be a winner. But something about it to me is just, it's just you know. It, maybe it's the last couple of weeks I've said, you know, Hey, I'm going to take the over cause that's my norm. Cause I root for fun. And you know, I got kind of beat up on that. So maybe I'm just overcorrecting and saying, I'm going to take the under just as a reaction to last week. So could just be something where I'm still learning how all this works and maybe I shouldn't be overreacting, but hell I'm going to go ahead and overreact.
1: Well, so I wondered this year as a whole for college, um, I guess we'll specifically say, you know, D one FPS, um, has I would imagine the trend has more so been under, right?
0: Uh, it's you know truthfully it's been super hit and miss. You know we've we've hit plenty of overs. Uh, like I said, Notre Dame last week messed me up on the <laughs> on on the over under. Uh, Thanks, Jack Cohn. Yeah, because you know I, the under was gonna hit the whole way up until like five minutes left in the game. I wasn't even sweating it. And then next thing you know, I look at my phone and I'm texting you going like, I walked away from it for two minutes.
1: Yeah, well, Graham Mertz turnover machine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which that's a whole nother side story of how the heck did he get the rating that he got coming into college? Because he is not very good.
1: He has not looked very good. I also wonder if it's just Wisconsin just. Wisconsin just really doesn't do well with quarterbacks. And you could say Russell Wilson was kind of like the outlier.
0: But he was only there for a year.
1: He was there for a year. But, yeah, I mean, crazy. I I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, that area of the country, because Iowa traditionally does not do well with quarterbacks either. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of crazy, let's move to the conference that we both always know is going to have some fun, some craziness. Some Pac 12 after dark action, Arizona State UCLA game. First and foremost, great uniform matchup. Great uniform matchup.
1: What color do we know what Arizona State's
0: wearing? I have no clue, but I get the feeling that they'll oh, actually, you know what? If they're in white, that's going to be a bummer because I really like their uh, they're the like, black. Yeah, the, either the black or the like kind of burgundy ish kind of color that they have mixed with the yellow. I think that's a really clean cut uniform. Um, I think UCLA, whether they're in the blue or the uh, the whites, I think those are good. So if they go some icy white, I'm a, I'm A-OK with that. Uh, I just hope that they don't go black because I, I don't think UCLA is the kind of school that you think about and you think wearing black jerseys, it just kind of looks wrong to me.
1: Agreed. Agreed. You need that that blue, yellow, white. Yeah.
0: It, it doesn't pop as much on the black as it does when it's on the white. Yeah. So... But that being said, um, this is another game where you and I are going different directions on. You've you've got the Sun Devils and I've got the Bruins. So you're taking Coach Herm. Why?
1: Well, so a few things. So I think that they're, well, first off, Pac-12 is kind of a mess right now. They're the, the South front runner USC has lost two games already. Their season's shot. You know, already have a coaching change, yada, yada. So both these teams are kind of in it, you know, for along with Fresno State. Um, kind of, of,
0: still in the Mountain West. Oh, that's right.
1: Oh my god, they should be in the Pac 12, they should um, be, but they're not. They um, they're still, th- these teams are very much so still in the competition for and running for the top spot. You know, this is possible championship preview, maybe. Um, I also think that Arizona's one loss to BYU is a better loss than UCLA's. Um,
0: <clears throat> oh, Fresno State versus U- versus uh, BYU. That would be a good game.
1: That would be a very good game. Um, two very different style schools, too. Um, so I'm also going to put this out there that, that seems to be completely brushed under the, the rug just because the season started and they, they started very well. But Sun Devils, don't forget about their whole – giant blow up right before the season and they can very quietly just tuck themselves away, did not make a huge stink of it and showed up and started three. 0 um, the sun devils have not, they, they rely heavily, uh, on a run game. I see that they're just going to try to outpossess UCLA. UCLA has the fancy weapons. UCLA has the, the guys that can put up, a ton of points, lots of flash. They've got the, you know, the Brian Kelly, not Brian Kelly. Oh man. I'm mixing everyone up. They've got the hurry up offense, Chip <laughs> Kelly, the other Kelly. Um,
0: yeah. We're great at this podcasting thing.
1: Oh man. What's going on? So I, <laughs> you know, I also, it's um, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling the upset there. Keep keep the craziness going. Also, I think Arizona state deserves to be, top 25 team right now um because BYU is better than what the record was when they did knock off Arizona State so but I'm loving the fact it's a 10 30 at night game
0: <laughs> oh absolutely you need a nightcap after all the craziness we're expecting during the day right
1: always always I mean I you know need more of those ten forty-five games
0: I know fans out on the west coast want to have you know a more regular start time but Sorry, me and my East Coast elitism over here is going to be super greedy and want you guys to keep having these night games because I need something to, you know, just cap off the night, come back, ease in, relax on the couch, enjoy some craziness, and fall asleep after.
1: That's what Pac-12 after darks for.
0: Exactly. So I've got UCLA for a couple of reasons. One, still really impressed by the LSU win, which I would not have held as much weight if LSU hadn't beaten Mississippi State this past week. But I think the LSU barely. Hey, you know what? They (laughs) they did it in Mississippi State though, which I think counts for a lot because traveling in the SEC. Cowbells. Yeah, no, that's it's not an easy task, especially with how choppy LSU has looked. So you know that kind of goes to the point that I was making a few weeks ago when these when uh, they matched up with UCLA. It's not like LSU is devoid of talent. It's just more or less like the schemes that they use that talent with. So still really impressed that UCLA beat them. Uh, was a little disappointed that they lost to Fresno, but Fresno has proven themselves to be a very good team. Uh, they, did Jay hold, Kaner. Yep, they did hold close to uh, to Oregon, uh, which Oregon ended up coming out and winning. But as we've seen, Oregon is the kind of team capable of knocking off an Ohio State. So, you know, you look at that and you see, you put a few things together and you go, okay, well, you know, UCLA losing to Fresno State, other group of five teams that would be a little bit embarrassing for UCLA but I really don't think it was you know that bad for them You know, I, I don't think there really is a good loss in college football I think it would have been better if UCLA and Oregon had been matched up against each other undefeated Agreed. but <laughs> at the same time that isn't going to happen anyway because Oregon plays UCLA in a few weeks so one of them's gonna one of them was bound to come into the championship game with a loss regardless uh now I just have to hope that you know, Oregon stays undefeated because it wants something different in the, uh, in the playoff. But uh, I've got UCLA for a couple of reasons. One, they're at home, which isn't much of a home field advantage, but at the same time, not having a home field advantage, I feel like in some ways can almost be a home field advantage because without quiet that it could potentially be there, maybe they get some fans. I don't know, but if they don't have a ton there, that could just be really weird for Arizona state who is used to a super raucous crowd. And then all of a sudden they go to UCLA and they're like, what is this? So that could just throw them off their game a little bit. Uh, but also in terms of scheduling UCLA finishes this game and then they have to go to Tucson to play Arizona, who is a dumpster fire. Uh, they might actually be worse than UConn. And that's I was going to say
1: something. UConn of the West.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's saying something. And Arizona State's got Stanford, and Stanford's one of those frisky teams. So, you know, as college students will do, to no fault of their own, they will look at the schedule, and they'll see, oh, you know, this is UCLA week, but they've also got Stanford coming. So they'll be focused on UCLA for sure, but they've got more to think about after that game than UCLA does, at least initially, because UCLA could probably walk into Arizona and, I don't know, just roll out of bed and beat them right now. They're just not good. So I've got that. Uh, I do think that UCLA is capable of being a little bit more ground and pound than you give them credit for. You know, the running game is solid. It's just that they use their quarterback for it more than, than you know, Arizona State does. So you know, for them, it's, it's like a multi-sided, uh, well, terrible analogy there. It's, it's a dual-edged sword because you know, you've got either the running backs or you've got the quarterback. He is a little bit iffy in the passing game. Uh, which if he if he's at least solid on that on Saturday, I think they they coast to a win. Um, but as with Pac-12 after dark, I am picking UCLA, UCLA to cover the four point spread. But more important than anything, I will not be talked out of a Pac-12 after dark over until I don't know, six years from now, because you're going to take a lot of convincing to to talk me out of it. So over under set of 55 and a half. I'm taking that because Pac-12 after dark is always fun. And I'm rooting for fun.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard to not go with the over here. So I'm taking the over as well. Taking uh, Arizona State. Another thing you, you mentioned, uh, the, the flash that UCLA has the capability of pulling out compared to Arizona State. Um, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson is a beast, right? I mean, he's, a, you know. Comparable, maybe not the same realm, but comparable to Lamar Jackson-ish. Um it's important to say though, Arizona State has only allowed, has not allowed over 125 yards passing yet this year. And they've t- they've played, you know, like I said, BYU. Um I don't know. I, I just I, I feel the upset. I, I think you know, on the road, UCLA, they don't really show up to home games. And I know you're saying that that could be an advantage because the empty stadium, I don't think Arizona state cares also two also important to know two NFL coaches, former NFL coaches. That's pretty rare in the college game where you see two former head coaches in the NFL taking on each other as head coaches in
0: college. Sean,
1: you're muted. (laughs) <laughs>
0: i'll delete that part but um yeah no um, especially the same conference so i don't know same uh,
1: conference um so let's see i've got arizona state with the over and that'll be it right no they have no, to no, cover. no
0: you're right no because if arizona if you have arizona state winning outright that means they're going to cover because they're the underdog yes so woohoo! all right so let's move on to one that that's going to be the following game we cover and it's actually going to be the game that I'm it, it permit me to say, I'm kind of looking forward to the most of all these games. Cause there are some top marquee matchups, but this is going to be one where probably going to be hard for me to find like a stream to watch it on. So I may not be able to watch it, but I'm at least going to be keeping my eyes on it. It is the FCS game of the week it is an in-state rivalry. It is the North Dakota state bison against the North Dakota. I don't know what their mascot is. I think it's the Hawks. Uh, they just
1: changed it. Yes, it is the Hawks.
0: Woo! I got it right. <laughs> so, um, probably, well, I'm assuming since they just changed it, it was probably a name that needed to be changed. But it's
1: Fighting Sue.
0: That's why I couldn't remember it because I may have tried to block it out from memory. So, either way, you've got the number five team in the FCS going up against the current number 14 team. Uh, this is all based on college sports Uh, but last week we had Sam Houston against Central Arkansas, which was like the number two team against like the number 25. And those two teams are not in-state rivals. But from what I saw, good game. And now you've got the, the in-state rivalry. Uh, again, you and I were debating this when we were watching uh, NDSU at Towson. You know, which school is it kind of, you know, the school to go to in the state of North Dakota? This is, you know, not just a top fifteen matchup. This is bragging rights, and I got to imagine North Dakota. It means a lot up there because what else do they got going on when it's not hockey season?
1: Yeah, no, I mean I agree. This is this. Is there a name to this game?
0: You know, we'll have to look that up. Um, I while you're talking, I may look that up. <laughs>
1: um, but I mean, regardless, uh, this has to be huge uh, up there. But also. I mean, I, I, it's a home game for North Dakota, but NDSU travels. I mean, they were here in Maryland in herds, no pun intended there. Um, I, I just – I have a hard time rooting – or not rooting, but uh, siding with NDSU until someone does knock them off. Um, what we saw that day when they were here in Towson – uh, I haven't seen anything like that at the FCS level. Um, and, you know, and, you know, I went to basically every home Towson game, saw as many FCS games as they possibly could have in person and NDSU just looked like a different level, completely different tier. Um, their lines are huge. I mean, as a team, they're just physically bigger. They use a ton of substitutions because even they've got so much depth, um, They've won 16 national titles. Tell me why they aren't a D1 school, like a full-blown FBS school now. I'm sure there's good reason for it, but as a football program, you really can't get any more dominant than that at the FCS level. So I I, got to take NDSU.
0: Yeah, no. And I think if we're being honest that the administration there probably did a really smart thing keeping them in FCS because they can still run FCS for quite some time but Old Dominion several years ago made the jump and Old Dominion was not as good as North Dakota state is. So they're kind of a, almost like a measuring stick for other teams to to look at maybe Old Dominion's getting, you know, more money. I think they're in conference USA. So maybe they're getting more money from that, but they are getting absolutely smacked. And right now, you know, the Fargo dorm, uh, dorm, the the Fargo dome is an absolutely rocking venue. So, you know, why would you risk doing something that would take away from that? You know, I think maybe give it a, like a few years of, you know, right now, JMU is up there. Sam Houston State's up there. South Dakota State's uh, right now currently ranked number one. Jackrabbits? So, Jackrabbits.
1: Yeah. Nice,
0: nice pull. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that's just one of those things where, you know, they're, if they do make the jump, they're waiting for the right time. But the other question I would raise to is, you know, with all this conference realignment going on, what conference would they even go in? I just, I can't figure that out because I don't think that it would be completely irresponsible for them to make the jump to the Big Ten. Uh, Mountain West, maybe?
1: That's what I was thinking. It would probably be a group of five. Um, yeah, I,
0: it would have to be. Like, where, where else would it be? Maybe um, the AAC because they seem to have schools just all over the map over. and they just lost a couple teams to the Big 12, but still, like, where where would they fit? It's It's such a weird spot. And I get, like, I get they're really close to like Minnesota, but again, super irresponsible to think of the Big Ten.
1: I I, I don't think they can financially keep up with the Big Ten. Also, no, a-
0: absolutely not.
1: The the Big Ten has a um, a certain type of uh, academic.
0: Somehow I knew ped- we were going that direction.
1: Yeah, pedigree. I mean, because that that the, the schools. I mean, at the end of the day. It's debatable whether or not they care about it, but up until now, we've been told that they do care about that and all the big 10 schools are research schools. Um, and they've kind of made that a staple of, of who they are. Um, I don't know much about NDSU as an academic institution, but I can't imagine they have the finances to keep up with even Illinois or, I mean, Rutgers is a big school, but trying to think more so the bottom tiers of the big 10, um, hate to say it maryland and i think maryland overshadows ndsu big time <laughs> so um i don't i can't see that happening
0: oh well it, to give you an example that doesn't paint us northwestern mm. i mean they're like yeah. they're a huge journalism school but you know they, they're also like their academic standards are off the charts you know they're basically the, the big tens vanderbilt they're just better than vanderbilt
1: yeah <laughs> um yeah i don't know i don't know where they would go um unless they were to try to, well, I don't, I don't know if independence will even be around. Um,
0: Notre Dame will still be one.
1: (laughs) Oh gosh. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't maybe that's why they haven't made the jump.
0: I mean, geography is an important thing, especially if they can't keep up with them financially, that's going to be a huge strain on your travel budget. Like maybe where they're at right now, they just traveled to Towson, you know, Maybe where they're at right now, they can afford that trip a little bit easier than they could being in the Big Ten just because, you know, you, they're, they're in North Dakota. A lot of their games are going to be, you know, far from home to begin with. But when you're constantly traveling to a Columbus, to uh, Happy Valley, to Piscataway, New Jersey, I am purposely picking like the furthest schools that they could travel to, uh, to a college park, you know, we went to the Towson NDSU game because it's such a rarity to see them play on this side of the Mississippi. So, you know, it's one of those where it's, we need, when you're also sign up to do that consistently, it's a big strain on your athletics department. And you could possibly see that cost you a few other programs that you have just because for the first few years, you can't maintain the money. So maybe it's more than just a football decision, but to answer the question about the rivalry game name, I am now deciding, not because of the specific name of the trophy, but because of the history behind it, that the rivalry name is now one of my favorites because oh it, it is the Nickel Trophy. And The Nickel Trophy. Yes. So I imagine there would have to be some changes made to it, largely because of the mascot change for North Dakota. Uh, but to read from the Wikipedia page what uh, what this trophy is all about, uh, a North Dakota alumni who was in Chicago as an advertising executive, he originated the trophy. Uh, and then there was an honorary service fraternity at North Dakota State, uh, as well as one at North Dakota who kind of like administered the annual awarding. So they had you know fraternities on both sides, service fraternities uh, that were involved in like, hey, you won this game. Here's the trophy for it. Here's your bragging rights. Uh, but this is where I, I have grown to love it. It is an oversized 75 pound replica of the James Earl Fraser design U.S. Buffalo nickel with a buffalo on one side for NDSU and what I'm assuming or hoping was a Native American on the other side when they were the Fighting Sioux and I'm hoping now it's a hawk. Um, but yeah, so it's the nickel trophy. <laughs> That's one of those like, oh, well, this is really cool. <laughs> Wow,
1: that is crazy. 75 pounds? 75 pounds. Why so is that
0: necessary?
1: To put things in comparison, I could be wrong in this. Wait, one second. How much does the...
0: Well, Chris is doing, what while we're both doing wonderful podcasting and Chris is looking that up, I will say we're both taking North Dakota State in this game.
1: Yes. So just to put things in comparison, the Stanley Cup, right? Very famous trophy. We've all seen it. It weighs roughly 35 pounds and that (laughs) is considered, that is considered to be extra. So multiple players, notably is Dano Chara, who's a freak of nature, almost seven feet tall, over seven feet tall on skates. When he went to lift it, when he won the cup as a Bruins captain, he noticeably almost dropped it because it weighed so much. And these guys lifted over their heads. So this nickel trophy is worth uh, sorry, weighs double of that.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why uh, when we saw North Dakota State, all their offensive linemen were so huge because they got to practice to lift up the nickel trophy.
1: I, I'm. That's. I mean, obviously, like the, all those guys can lift seventy five pounds, but it's one thing to be able to lift that over your head. I want to know how big this thing is.
0: Uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty tall. I uh, at least I would imagine that it is. Um, but while while mentioning that. The one thing that I've also found kind of strange, because North Dakota, notably a pretty big state, Um, you would think that North Dakota and North Dakota State would probably be like on opposite ends of the state from each other or like maybe more close to the center. But they're only like 76 miles apart on the eastern border of the state. So they're pretty much like, all right, forget the rest of Western North Dakota. We're going to go hang out here on the east side.
1: Well, it's, I think it's safe to say that the western part of North Dakota is probably uh, nothing.
0: Oh, could you imagine being a kid out there and you go to one of those schools? The the, the commute just to get to campus—it's got to be brutal.
1: I yeah, I don't I don't want to
0: imagine that. No, I mean, the, probably the amount of time that it would take to get from one end of the state to the other, I could probably get most of the way from my house up to Massachusetts. Yeah which is a really, just a really weird thing to think about. So either way, um, Chris might be looking something else up at the moment, which is once again, great podcasting by us.
1: Well, so I'm actually, I, I'm looking into, and I know uh, we're, we're trying to wrap this up here. Uh, it looks like the nickel trophy might be outdated. It looks like they might've switched to a different type of trophy.
0: Well, that's a bummer.
1: I think I could be wrong. Maybe we'll have to follow up with this.
0: Maybe. <laughs> uh, but I will say that uh, also Fargo, because that's where NDSU is great TV show, great movie, uh, but also some great names out there. Cause apparently university of North Dakota is in grand forks. Such a cool name. But uh, yeah, so that'll do it for us on College Football Picks. Uh, Now, anyone who has been listening before I wrap this up, uh, Chris and I on the side, we have also been doing NFL picks. I've just been kind of electing to keep the podcast to college football specifically rather than do like a three hour podcast. So we have been doing NFL picks. We do have a spreadsheet that we keep track of it on. Uh, I am currently beating Chris uh, 29 to 17 or 29, 17 to 27 to 18. It's only uh, two-game difference. Why does the math on that not work out? Should that be 27 to oh, 19? I think that's so, 27 to 19.
1: Yes, that should be 27 to 19. I'm changing that right now.
0: Okay, so 29 to 7, uh, 17 losses for me, and Chris has 27 wins, 19 losses. Uh, we are picking every game that's being played for the week. Uh, I am hoping to add more to the podcast realm. Uh, if you keep on the social medias, any average Sean media page, uh, reminder, AVG, Sean, S E A N, uh, media for, for anyone who wants to look it up. Uh, we do usually do like a quick hit video on there, uh, you know, just to capture a game of the week, just because, you know, scheduling, trying to figure out when we can do this podcast consistently, uh, it, either way I'm building, growing, trying to, trying to figure this all out. Chris and I both have day jobs. So, you know, it's something that we're working on and trying to just do more content, but figuring out the best way to balance it all out. Um, but either way, I'm going to try to keep people more posted on it uh, as we go along. Uh, right now, I'm not going to list all the games that we have picked. But once again, we're picking every game. Uh, maybe I'll start making a blog post out of it. I don't know. But once again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Average Sean podcast. Uh, once again, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at S E-A-N media uh, Just because I know that you know, Sean has a few different spellings. Usually people don't spell it S-E-A-N uh but that is the way that i spell it so thanks again everyone and we'll see you again next time